Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us. And good morning, not just to everybody here in person, but our friends online as well. Uh, if you're watching online, write something in the comments. And if you're here in person, say hi to us on your way out. We would love to greet everybody, too. Um, we have a Mother's Day roses sale. Um, it's a Sarah Rayburn Johnson Memorial Scholarship. And that helps with the tuition for some of the kids at the Early Learning Center here at the church. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great thing that we do here. And if you have any questions about that, Helene Haller is here uh, today in the service, so you can talk to her about that. But we'd love for you to uh, help with that. Wanted to let everybody know the youth went kayaking yesterday. Um, we have some survivors here. Your survivor from kayaking did not fall in the water, but out of 17 people that went kayaking yesterday, eight fell in. And um, so if you ever need help in the Gadsden area for somebody to like row you down, down the Coosa, I'm going to tell you who not to get in a boat with. Um, the Casey family would be somebody to not get in a boat with, all right? So um, we'll know if they're watching this morning now. Uh, Wednesday nights are amazing right now. The youth and kids are having so much fun. Harriet Murray has the best Bible study in the state of Alabama on Wednesday nights. It's great. Um, but Catherine, kids are having a blast on Wednesday nights, aren't they? So you want to check that out? We have lots of Bible studies in small groups, uh, some online, some in person. You can check out the church website or the church app on where those are located and how to be a part of them. And this is the last announcement. It's an exciting one. Vacation Bible School is coming up, and it's going to be fantastic. So um, the theme this year is Discovery on Adventure Island. So everybody's going to have Hawaiian shirts, and we're, it's just going to be great. It's going to be a party. So um, it's June 7th through the 10th. You can register on Facebook, uh, or on the website, and you can also not just register your kids, but everybody in the church can volunteer. How much fun is that? Um, and if you want one of those jobs where you don't have to work with kids, you can hide in the kitchen and make snacks or something. It's going to be awesome. Pastor Sam, are you excited? Awesome. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for this beautiful Sunday morning. We pray right now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Reached out to see. 
Good morning. It's great to see you today, and uh, it's great to have you worship with us online. Right now, um, our awesome children's director, Miss Catherine, is going to take her children to, to Children's Church, and they're going to have a wonderful time there. Not sure what they do in there, but it's fun. It involves candy sometimes. That's good. So I'm glad that you're here with us. Maybe you have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately, and maybe you feel like you would like to reconnect, and that's kind of what our theme is in 2021. How can we reconnect? How can we do so safely? We're still trying to practice uh, good practices to keep each other safe. Um, and you may not feel comfortable coming back. You may like worshiping online, so you may kind of work your way back into it, but we can still reconnect. Today we're going to talk about reconnecting through prayer. Um, Pastor Andy taught everybody how to reconnect through kayaking. All kinds of ways, right? We are also connectional in our giving. So if I, I want to just remind you and thank you uh, to support your church by your, by your giving of your tithes and offerings. You can do so online. You can drop it in the plate here. You can drop it by the church office. Um, if you haven't given your Alleluia offering, we've gotten a really good Alleluia offering this year. We're excited about our new children's worship space that we're going to be able to do because of Alleluia offering. So you could still give that, but um, always give us your prayers. And if you have a prayer request, always give us those because we pray for each other. One of the things that we do. Will you pray with me now? Gracious Lord, thank you for blessing us with this beautiful day and for blessing us with a church family and for blessing us with the connections that we have to you and to each other. Help us just to 
do our best, Lord, to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And Lord, we ask that you would take the, the gifts that we give, our offerings, our tithes, our gifts, our talents, take all that we have, Lord, as we give all of it to you, knowing that you will take it and bless it and use it in your kingdom. That's all we ask, Lord. As our worship continues, Lord, we pray that our hearts will be touched by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
your addictions come lay them down at the foot of the cross jesus is waiting there god so loved the world Thank you uh, to our praise band. It's always, they always bring us to a place of worship, and, and I'm really thankful for them. I'm thankful for you, um, and I'm thankful we can reconnect. We're going to talk about that today as we look at John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. One of the most famous passages in the Bible about connection, where Jesus says these words, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine grower. He removes or raises up every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I, that I abide, as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. And whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Some branches such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Many of you probably know that I grew up on the farm uh, now, when I say I grew up on the farm, don't think Little House on the Prairie, okay? It wasn't like that. Uh, that was probably what, you know, my grandmother did. But when I say farm, you might think, oh, well, you guys had a giant garden. But we didn't. We had, I mean, we had livestock, we had fences, we had fields, we had barns, we had all of that. But we did not have a big garden. And we did not have a big garden for a couple of reasons. One, because both my mom and dad, grew it, growing up, they had to have a big garden because they had big families and they fed their family that way, right? Most people did. So uh, they decided that they didn't want to do that. And so they didn't have it. Another reason we didn't have a big garden is my grandmother had a huge garden, a garden big enough to feed the entire neighborhood and then some. So we helped her with her garden and we helped her. I mean, my thumbs still get sore when I think about shelling butter beans. I, did, I love to eat them, shelling them, not so much. Um, now we did grow some things on our farm growing up. We grew tomatoes ah yes because my dad loved tomatoes about as much as anybody I've ever seen he he loved them and his philosophy on growing tomatoes was this 
and this is his philosophy on a lot of things. If three tomato plants is good, 30 tomato plants is even better. That's, that was his philosophy. And so we had lots and lots of tomato vines. Um, so I want to paint a picture for you today. Now, a few weeks ago, I, I painted a mental picture for you, and, and many of you had to go and make a peanut butter and banana sandwich after I did this. So I'm going to do kind of like that today. So I want you to picture in your mind uh, vine-ripened, homegrown tomatoes, thickly sliced on white bread with lots of mayonnaise and salt and pepper, right? I lost Pastor Andy at mayonnaise. Uh, but the rest of us, you know, if you make one of those today, take a picture and send it to me, and we might even post it. So um, I'm talking about tomatoes because I'm just honestly more familiar with tomatoes and tomato vines than I am with grapes and grapevines. But you kind of get the gist of it, right? The elements are still there. There's the vine. There's the branches. There's, there's the vine dresser. Who, who takes the branches and stakes them and ties them up, right? Same kind of thing. And then there's the fruit. Did you remember that tomatoes are fruit too? They are. So there's the fruit. And, and, and the fruit is the main thing because one does not grow tomato vines or grape vines just because they look pretty. They, you grow them because it's all about the fruit. So now that I have you picturing tomato sandwiches in your mind, I want to kind of shift the scene. And I want you to picture in your mind what's going on in John chapter 15. Jesus and the disciples have just been in the upper room. They've gathered there for the Passover meal. And Jesus had been trying to tell them all the way in there that, that he was going to Jerusalem not to take over the place as a political or military leader but he was going there to suffer and to die, but they just could not or would not hear that. So let me just pause here and ask you, have you ever tried to tell somebody something and they could not or would not listen to you? Yeah, we've all been there probably. That's what was going on. So what were they thinking about instead of what Jesus was trying to tell them? Well, I just imagine since they had come into Jerusalem with Jesus and they had seen the cheering crowds yelling Hosanna and waving palm branches and they saw the kind of reception Jesus got, I imagine what they were thinking is, you know, I wonder what cabinet post I'm going to get in Jesus' new government when he sets this up. I wonder if I will get something better than this guy over here. Because they were always kind of jockeying for position, really. Trying to, they were arguing about, when they went into the upper room, they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. And that's why it must have really caught them off guard when in the midst of all of this, right after supper, Jesus got up from the table and he wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water in a bowl and started washing their dirty feet. Wow. You know, when I come to think about it, the plans that we have sometimes don't match the plans that God has for us, do they? Yeah, so 
now you're picturing Jesus washing their feet maybe and then I imagine that got their attention don't you and now Jesus is going to get their attention even more because he's about to say something to them that they never expected to hear he says one of you will betray me what betray you Jesus how could that be it's not it's not me is it it couldn't be me could it hmm I bet it's him and then Jesus said I'm gonna be with you for a little while longer and then I'm going away to prepare a place for you and then I'm coming back to get you and so now they're upset now they went in and they were kind of excited but now now they're just kind of upset as we say in the south they're kind of in a tizzy y'all know what a tizzy is and in John 14 Jesus said let not your heart be in a tizzy I'm going to go away and I'm going to prepare a place for you I'm going to come back and get you in the meantime I'm leaving you peace I'm leaving you my peace I've got a lot more that I want to tell you but not here and then in John 14 31 Jesus says this arise and let us go from here so picture in your mind they're getting up they're filing out of the upper room with their minds confused and their feet newly washed and they leave the upper room and walk through the streets of Jerusalem and I imagine they're kind of quiet this time they're probably still trying to sort out all the things that Jesus said to them and they go outside the city and up the valley toward the Mount of Olives so picture them coming as they're walking into a vineyard they're all over the place around Jerusalem a vineyard and rows and rows of grapevines are all around them can you just see that in your mind and picture Jesus reaching up and and grabbing a bunch of grapes in his hand and they can look out and over and see the Mount of Olives where the Garden of Gethsemane is right where they're going where Jesus is going to be betrayed and arrested and Jesus is looking at them holding these grapes and he's got one final important message that he wants to share with them and he says I'm the vine I'm the true vine my father is the vine dresser now don't you wonder maybe why Jesus's final lesson to them wasn't on something else and in, in the church we think today well he could have talked about buildings and budgets and drawing a crowd or something like that he could have talked about influence and dominance and instead he talked about how to be fruitful he said by this my father is glorified and not by any of the things that you might think by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so be my disciples so have you ever wondered what God wants for you I know we all wonder that at times we might even say that God what do you want out of me are we we think about our church and we try to do planning and we try to do the best we can and we think well okay what do, what does God want for our church 
And if we just could sum it up, here it is. Fruitfulness. Lots and lots of fruit. I'm talking about the inner fruit of the Spirit and the outward fruit of good works and ministry. The fruit of making new disciples and teaching them to follow Jesus too. Just fruit, 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 fruit. One doesn't grow grapevines or tomato vines for their looks, but for the fruit. So don't you want a fruitful life? I do. I want a fruitful life. Don't you want a fruitful church? I do. So how do we get there? It's not really complicated. We become fruitful by being connected. Connected to the vine. No connection, no fruit. No prayer life, no connection. I'll say that again. No connection, no fruit. No prayer life, no connection. So Jesus lays down this image for the disciples as they're, I don't know, probably standing in an actual vineyard. Now, why do I say they're probably standing in an actual vineyard? Because that's just how Jesus did things. Jesus was a master of, of taking what was common in every day and right in front of them and using it to teach the deepest and most profound lessons. For instance, in John 6, right after Jesus fed the 5,000 people with bread, he looked at them and he said, I am the bread of life. And then in John chapter 9, right after Jesus healed the blind man, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then in John chapter 10, when Jesus saw people running around like sheep without a shepherd, he said to them, I am the good shepherd. To Mary and Martha, right after their brother Lazarus had died and they were grieving and crying, Jesus said to them, I'm the resurrection and the life. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. And then in John 14, when Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? He said, I'm going away. And he said, Lord, where are you going? How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So you get that idea that Jesus takes the situation and he uses that to teach with. He's a teachable moments kind of person. The passage we read today, they just had shared communion together, right? They still had the taste of wine on their tongues. And they were standing in a vineyard. And Jesus said, I'm the true vine. By the way... By Jesus saying, I'm the true vine, that really kind of tells us that there are false vines out there. There are things to which you can be connected that will not produce fruit. You can, you can only be connected to, you know, your tradition and your ritual. Kind of like the Pharisees were. They thought their pedigree was enough and it did not produce the fruit. You could be connected to things. You can be connected to just stuff, material things. But Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, that our lives don't consist of the abundance of possessions. 
you can even be connected to yourself. You know, you could be so self-centered and so looking out for yourself only that you'll find yourself really unfruitful. I'm talking about only asking what's in it for me. I'm talking about surrounding yourself with yourself. I read an article one time about all of these dumb things that people do. And no, I wasn't in the article. I was reading the article. Um, but there was one example of this man who, who bought a new computer and he was so aggravated trying to get everything uh, working and he called the hotline, the customer help hotline, and he insisted that someone come out to his home because he was doing everything right and the technician came out to his home and you know what the problem was? He had taken the power strip and plugged it into itself instead of into the wall. I don't know, I've done stuff like that. But being plugged into yourself, you're not going to get anywhere like that. Jesus is the true vine. God the Father is the vine dresser, the one who cares for the branches, the one who stakes them and cleans them and, and prunes them. Whenever they need pruning so that they get maximum fruit, we're the branches, by the way, in case you haven't already figured that out. God prunes us sometimes, doesn't God prune us? Did you experience some pruning over the last year in 2020? I did. I did. That time that I really couldn't do anything else, I couldn't go out, I had to sit and think about what was most important to me. God pruned some things out of my life and I just want to say, ouch. But I'm also thankful. So as the branches in this story, we're totally dependent on the vine and the vine dresser. John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And what does God want from us? Fruit. Fruit. Now, I mean by that, I don't mean to sound all religious, but I mean by that. The inner fruit. In Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The, the fruit of the Spirit, the outward fruit of good works and ministry for God's glory to reach out and connect to other people who want to be a part of our church family, who want to join us on the journey as we all try to follow Jesus. Just abundant fruitfulness. Picture in your mind a basket, and what God wants is a basket that's full and overflowing in your spiritual life, in my spiritual life. How do we get there? Connection. Connection to the vine. No connection, no fruit, no prayer life, no connection. I want to close by painting one final mental image for you. And this one I, I, I really got from a, a little book that I found very helpful. It was called Secrets of the Vine by Bruce Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Um, so I want you to just imagine yourself walking through a vineyard. And, and you go down the first row in the vineyard. There's vines and branches and everywhere. 
but some of the branches are, are just hanging down on the ground, right? They've fallen down, and they've gotten all dirty, and then as it's rained over time, they've gotten muddy, and then they've kind of started to mold some, and they're just in danger of just dying altogether. And so on that row, in front of those branches, there's a basket on the ground, and it's totally empty. Now picture yourself as you go down another row, and it has vines, and it has branches, and it has branches that are just full of leaves, making a big green canopy. You know, it, it looks great from a distance. It looks beautiful. And then you realize it's just all leaves. It's mostly just leaves, just leafy, leafy, leafy branches. And on the basket in front of those leafy, leafy branches is a basket. And it's got just a few grapes, kind of puny, a few just little puny grapes. And then the next row you go down, it has branches. And they have all been just pretty drastically pruned back by the vine dresser. It's not flashy at all, the branches on this vine. They are not, they are not flashy, but they are firmly attached and they are lovingly secured and tied to the trellis so that they don't fall down in the mud and on the ground in front of these branches is a basket that's overflowing with big fat juicy grapes so may I ask you a personal question which basket represents your spiritual life right now the empty one do you feel like you've kind of gotten disconnected and stuck in the mud somehow is it is it the one that's just got a few puny grapes in there maybe you've got lots of things going on and you're real real busy but you're not really not really connected or is it the one that's overflowing with lots and lots of fruit? So since I ask you a personal question, I'll make a personal confession to you. My spiritual life is not always that overflowing basket. Sometimes I'm the one that's kind of down in the mud. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, verse 2 says, he takes up. Now, some translations say he cuts off, but the word is actually in the Greek, it means to take up. Because you see, the, the vines are too valuable to the vine dresser to, to just waste. So he takes them up, he lifts them up, cleans them off, ties them back to the trellis, gives them a chance. There's been lots of times in my life when I've been like that leafy, leafy branch. You know, I've had lots of things going on and I've been busy, busy, busy. But not really busy in a fruitful kind of way. So what does God do? God prunes the fire out of me. <laughs> you know? And the older that I get, the more God prunes me. I'll just have to say, 
I don't like it. I would avoid it. I would avoid it. One commentary I saw said this, all that is noble in us has been hammered into us by the hard things that we would eliminate against which we angrily protest. But sometimes the most productive thing you can do is to say no to some things. You know that? Because the goal is what God has in mind. And the goal is fruitfulness. No connection, no fruit, no prayer life, no connection. Let's pray. God, we all deep down in our lives really want to be fruitful. We want our families to be fruitful, the people that we love. We want our church to be fruitful. We want that inner fruit that only comes by the Holy Spirit. The love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We want the outer fruit of being able to use the gifts that you have given to us to serve you and to serve others in your name. To do good works, to do good ministry. We want the fruit, Lord, for our church of, of reaching new people for you. Bringing them into the family, into the connection. We want all of that, Lord. But it just begins by abiding in you. By just taking the time to dwell with you in prayer. Forgive us for our fruitlessness. Forgive us for our prayerlessness. And Lord, help us to learn and grow in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, so let's reconnect. Let's reconnect. If your prayer life has kind of gotten disconnected, reconnect. Next week, Pastor Andy's going to preach. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I think he's going to preach. I'll get by with a little help from my friends, something like that. We're talking about being there for each other, being connected by our presence, being there for each other. So, Go in peace. Be connected. Be fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen.